Day two of Commander's training camp brought fans better weather and Chase Young looking healthier than ever. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and you continue the conversation with me, your host, David Harrison, by going to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders or by following me on Twitter at dharrison 82 I am, of course, a credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, your host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Here with you every Monday through Friday and some days, uh, some or some weeks, some additional days, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate all of you who come through here and support the show on a continued basis like you do. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're going to discuss Sam Howell's sub-50% completion day of practice, our play of the day from the second team offense, and we'll hear from new Washington center Nick Gates, but uh, we're going to start off this this episode, this conversation with our biggest camp storyline to follow today, and that was the health and play of defensive end Chase Young. And as you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, which, by the way, if you are, please give this episode a like. It'll help other Commanders fans get uh, recommended this video, just like you probably did. And uh, I am not in Ashburn anymore. I'm back in my home office, in my home studio, uh, recording this episode. Had an appointment that I had to keep shortly after practice. So I got the show ready in Ashburn, but I wasn't able to uh, carve out enough time to record and produce the the episode before I had to leave. So back home now, producing this episode tomorrow. However, you will see me back out in Ashburn on the episode uh, as we get Friday wrapped up into the weekend. Today's focal point, though, for the camp stories on Thursday, day two of training camp, was defensive end Chase Young and his continued recovery from a knee injury. It's a singular knee injury, but it cost him most of the past year and a half And it costs him two knee surgeries, one on each knee or multiple surgeries even on each knee. So really just a lot of damage, a lot of recovery time for Chase Young. And uh, again, the story to open camp for Chase Young was that he was practicing without a knee brace on for the first time since we uh, saw him come back from that knee knee injury. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Commanders, also pointed out that tight end Logan Thomas was also not practicing or practicing rather without a knee brace uh, on day one. And that continued as well on day two. Uh, of practice. Of course, that is a clear sign that Chase Young and Logan Thomas, for what what it's worth, uh, are getting healthier from their, you know, uh, respective knee injuries. But there was a change from the first day to the next day as far as the defense is concerned. And that was the amount of pressure the offensive line got on Washington quarterback Sam Howell. Now, on day one, don't get me wrong, the Washington Commanders defense did some good things and certainly got some pressure. We talked about uh, a little bit. F.A. Obata had a really good day subbing in there for Deron Payne who continues to nurse his minor toe injury uh, for the Washington Commanders. But today, well, Thursday, day two, much more pressure, much more evident pressure, and the pressure coming from some of your more recognizable names, Montez Sweat, uh, for in specific, uh, or being specific, and Chase Young uh, as well. Defensive end Montez Sweat was the biggest standout during that period, but both he and Young created problems for Hal, who appeared to uh, feel the cumulative effect of pressure, causing him to miss some throws even when pressure wasn't necessarily there on that particular play. We'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. But watching Chase Young, first and foremost, in the position drills, right? They break down in position groups. Uh, and what's really cool this year, something that wasn't done last year, and I don't know what the inspiration was uh, for when we talked to Jack Del Rio. Maybe I'll, I'll get a chance to ask him that question. But last year, 
you would see the position groups go off with their position group coaches and they would go through their routine of drills or whatever drills the coach had laid out for them uh, on that day. But this year for the defense, you've got kind of the defensive line group over on, on one area. You have the linebacker group and you've got the secondary group all kind of starting off in their groups. But then as the individual work is going around, they rotate. So, you know, the defensive linemen, for example, they start off with their position coach and they're doing uh, fumble recovery type drills. You got to get around uh, tackling dummy and then the ball comes out. You got to get down. You got to recover the fumble, right? Well, after a little while, they then rotate to the secondary group. So they're actually defensive linemen working with the secondary coaches and they're shuffling. They're they're backpedaling. They're coming forward. You know the the M drills, W drills, and all that stuff. They're they're going back. They're moving forward. They're strafing side to side, and then they got to intercept a pass. And I'll tell you what, uh, it was pretty awesome watching guys like Jonathan Allen, Fedarian Mathis, you know Chase Young, Montez Sweat do that type of a drill. And then they go over to the linebacker coaches uh, in this round robin. And one of them's the ball carrier. One of them comes up, punches the ball out, and and forces a fumble. And and of course that wraps back around to the fumble recovery. So I mean, it's it's really kind of cool what you're what you're seeing the Washington Commander staff do uh, with the players here for the for the defensive side of the ball, getting that round robin type of training uh, going on. But Chase Young in all of those phases looked really really well. And then once they broke down and got really deep into the individual position groups, that's when they stayed with their defensive line coaches, their defensive line groups. Uh, and, you know, did some chasing chase drills around the hula hoops and and all the things that you're kind of used to seeing at practices. And again, Chase Young looking fast, looking flexible, I think is really, really key and looking confident. Right. That's that's huge. I think is not babying the knee, not kind of taking it easy when he's going one side to the other side uh, or anything like that. And in 11 on 11s, again, watching him was a little bit tricky because I'm watching Chase, but I'm also trying to chart. Sam Howell's passes in the 11 on 11s. So at the snap of the ball, I'm watching Chase Young. And then once the ball comes out, I'm trying to figure out where the ball went, what the official you know ruling of the play was uh, and all that stuff. But Chase Young's get off on the line of scrimmage is as good as I think I've seen it uh, in my time covering the Washington Commanders. And that is a huge, huge uh, you know, uh, positive for uh, Commanders fans and those who are hoping to see Chase Young take that next step here this season, convince Washington Commanders that he is indeed worth a contract extension that he is after. Uh, more on that again here in just a little bit. And like I mentioned, he and Montez Sweat combining sometimes, sometimes on their own, getting pressure on Sam Howell. And there was a specific run play where the Washington Commanders ran the ball off the left and Chase Young set the edge, forced the running back, Jonathan Williams, back inside. And then he was able to shed Charles Leno Jr. and come in for what would have been a tackle, but we're not hitting because there's no pads and we're on the same team. Um, but still, a great intuitive play. You saw Chase do his job, first and foremost, set the edge, contain the run, and then boom, once that running back cut back inside, he went ahead and collapsed, made a move uh, off to get off his blocker and would have been in position to make the play. And then even seeing him clean up a pressure uh, that was created by Montez Sweat. So, you know, complimentary football starts at every level. One defensive end flushes the quarterback. The other defensive end is in position to get the sack. Uh, and it's, you know, it works really, really well. So lately, there's been a lot of talk about trading Chase Young. Oh, I sh shouldn't say lately, right? Going all the way back to uh, NFL draft season, there's been conversation about trading draft, trading Chase, Chase Young. Uh, and I spoke to many multiple or many multiple media members. I don't know why I said many multiple, but I spoke to a lot of other media members uh, over the course of the last couple of days. And, and I'll tell you right now, guys, I've said it here on the program, but I can confirm that other media members on the same page. None of us know where this conversation is coming from. None of us have a vibe uh, that this team is going to trade Chase Young. And certainly Chase Young wants to be in Washington. He and Montez Sweat have become, you know, if not, if not best friends, they're pretty good friends. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, they want to stay together. They want to play together, you know, as long as they can. So 
I, I don't know where this stuff is coming from, but I can tell you that if there's ever a reason to believe it, we will talk about it on the program here. So if you're wondering why I'm not addressing, you know, Chase Young to the Steelers, Chase Young to the Ravens right now, that's why. Because I just, you know, from up close to the team, just don't see where it's coming from. Chase Young did well for himself, but the play of the day came from Jacoby Brissett and the second team offense. And we're going to discuss that after I share a clip with you of Chase Young's press conference on Thursday after day two at training camp coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing that thanks to our friends at eBay Motors. Our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with the Locked On Fantasy Football host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you're looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round, then you're not me because I have the eighth overall pick in my money league, which isn't a bad spot to be in, but it's not a great spot to be in. Uh, you will be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch of workhorse power in your backfield when you take Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb back-to-back. Back. While Taylor is a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly overall offense in Indianapolis, Chubb is also set up to dominate with more of the combined workload in Cleveland. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship from and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up. Because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. for being a lot of manager first listen or view today and every day and every day is of course again thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do again if you're on youtube please hit the like button on this episode on this video it will help other commanders fans find the show just like you did we're going to talk about our play of the day and then a second storyline that i want to discuss with you but first chase young just so happened and i didn't know this when i made chase Young my focal point going into day two chase young spoke to us at the podium after practice here is about 90 seconds of what he had to say. Can you outline to us your uh, off-season plan and what you were able to do? I saw you went back to Ohio State to work with Coach Johnson. How was that for you? Yeah, man, uh, went back to the guru, um, Mr. Miyagi, what we call him. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was good to get it in. Um, back, uh, Glad to be back with uh, RK, um, Big Z. Um, and we've been putting in work and just uh, working on the little things. So it's been great. When you say you, you, you feel yourself again, was there is there a moment or is there something that, that when you cut or whatever, did you say, this is not what I felt like six months ago or not what I felt like a year ago? Uh, I ain't about to get too, too detailed, but um, just know that I feel good. And um, I'm running around and uh, I'm feeling explosive again. Being a guy who's from around here, what does it mean to have an entire fan base kind of coming back to an organization like this? Yeah, no, it was great, man. Uh, see the fans. Um, it definitely uh, lifted me a lot. Um, I appreciate our fans. 
Um, I know they're excited about a new ownership and, um, you know, just the stands itself made it feel, um, you know, more one of NFL practice for real. Uh, but I'm definitely excited that they're here and I'm definitely thankful. Yeah, are the stands something that kind of just sticked out right away as you're kind of making that walk down? Or what did you think about this morning? Yeah, no, that was great. I see Mr. Harris ain't playing games. So <laughs> <laughs> that was real cool. And when did you start to see the the shift in the fan base? Or how have you seen it shift kind of just in terms of the excitement level over the last couple months? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's different when, uh, you know, the receivers just running, you know, regular routes on there. And every time Terry catches the ball, I hear the crowd. So I know they hype, um, you know. And, and excited, and so are we. All right, so that was Chase Young from his press conference on Thursday. Uh, again, not the entirety of the conversation, but you tell me if that sounds like a young man who's looking to get out of his current situation. It looks to me like he's uh, looking to stay in his current situation, even giving new owner Josh Harris a shout-out there uh, for the stands. And, um, you know, a lot of people are very happy with what's going on around the organization right now, and a lot of people are very happy to see our play of the day go down on Thursday. Uh, the best play of the day, and there was actually some competition. There were there were some good plays out there for the fans to see, and the fans definitely, like Chase said, got very loud when those plays came. Uh, but the best play of the day for me, to me, in my opinion, came from the second team offense and quarterback Jacoby Brissett during 11-on-11 drills, which, look, I'll be honest with you, an amazing play during 7-on-7s is great, but amazing play during 11-on-11s always going to get a little bit more of a nudge for me just because you know I feel like that's a little bit more deserving, I suppose. But... Uh, during 11-on-11 drills, the second team's first time on the field during the 11-on-11 session, uh, Brissett took an early shot down the left sideline to receiver De'Ami Brown, who was matched up against second-year safety Percy Butler. Now, again, uh, because of my focus on Chase Young for the most part, um, I was kind of standing behind the defense or behind the offense, rather. So when that ball sailed through the uh, the sky there, I'm looking essentially right down the sideline. And for those of you who never seen me in person, I'm about five foot ten, five foot eleven on a good day. And as you know, most of the Washington Commanders players standing on the same sideline are much taller than that. So I couldn't see the play unfold as it went down the sideline. But the next thing I saw as the ball started to come down was Deami Brown in the big number two on his jersey going up and high pointing the ball, coming down with the ball. Uh, I confirmed with several media members who were on that side of the sideline that it was, in fact, a completion and it was over safety, second year safety, Percy Butler. And again, uh, fortunately, that sideline was the side of the sideline where uh, the fans were the most and uh, the fans erupted. And I'll tell you what, guys, it, it makes it a lot of fun um, when the fans are there to react to those plays because we can't. And, and if we do, like I mentioned on yesterday's episode, we can't react the way that you do, even when we do react. So hearing you guys react is, is fun. We kind of live vicariously through you. Uh, the ball is placed in a perfect spot, man, for Brown to go make that play. And again, he went up. Uh, and no disrespect to Percy Butler. I think he's a great young talent. And obviously, I've praised him a lot here on the show uh, recently. But he got mossed by De'Ami Brown on that play. And uh, I'm hoping that the team media got the footage of it because I want to see it for myself uh, just from, again, the angle that I was in. So we talked defense. So we talked Chase Young. We hear from Chase Young. We talk about the play of the day. We also talk defense for the main story. So let's flip it over for a minute. Uh, and obviously, if I'm watching Chase Young, I'm also watching the offensive line, right? And the offensive line has some questions on it. So to start this conversation, I got a couple of minutes with center Nick Gates. Uh, so let's hear from him first, and then I'll kind of break down some of his comments to me on Thursday following practice. All right, Nick, we'll start with the uh, easy question. Day two of training camp, how you feeling so far? Oh, not too bad. It was good. Day one was a little rocky, but, you know, day two was a lot better. You know, getting used to everybody and, you know, trying to, you know, work off each other or something. Obviously, the big question here for you guys is a lot of new pieces to build yourself in this offensive line from last year. How difficult is it, uh, in your experience, to kind of bring in a new unit like that? 
it's not too bad. You know, we just got to get reps with each other and be able to just work off each other and just, you know, just reps is a big thing. Just, you know, that's what training camp's for. So, you know, we got a good five, six weeks of this stuff to, you know, get used to each other. And, you know, I think OTA's helped out a lot, too. We had, uh, you know, 99% of the guys here, which, you know, helps out a lot. Absolutely. These guys that you're facing on the Washington defensive line, oh, yeah. bring back any memories from your time in New York? Oh, yeah. You know, I, they're always marked on my schedule. You know, Jonathan Allen and Payne are some good good players. So, you know, they're tough defense linemen. So it's good to go against them every day. You know, we can talk to them in the locker room about what they see and, you know, how they they work their moves off of you. And then how much different is the things get out here on the practice field once the pads come on for you? Uh, it's a lot different. You know, once the pads come on, it's a, you know, it's a big jump for just, you know, helmets and stuff. So the intensity picks up. You know, they work a couple more moves and stuff on you. But, you know, it's, you know, just got to get ready for that. That's what we're working up to. And then your impressions there at the enemy so far? Oh, he's great. I like him. He brings energy every day, which I love. So, you know, I'm, I'm an energy guy, and I feed off of that, and I feel like it helps us. So. And how do you feel there, young quarterback? He's good. So, you know, he's learning, you know, trying to figure out the offense, too. And, you know, we're going to be working with him, too. And just, you know, just trying to make sure we see, see, see stuff through the same eyes, and, you know, we're thinking the same thing. Awesome, brother. Appreciate you. All right. That was Nick Gates, uh, Washington Commanders Center, new center, speaking to me after practice. And then uh, you saw the scrum kind of gathering around us. So I got my questions in and and kind of got out of there so that Nick could speak to the other reporters uh, present. But, you know, first and foremost, right off the bat, guys, I mean, you know, him mentioning the first day was a little bit rocky. Again, we talked about F.A. Obata having a really good day on on day one. Um, I think that, you know, I think that speaks volumes. Honestly, I think that's a really good thing to hear from your center because, it shows an awareness, right? And it shows an acceptance and, and accountability, right? It's not, I'm going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to pretend everything is hunky-dory when there are some issues. And, and, you know, when you have a new offensive line, that is something that you kind of have to expect because they've got to work out the kinks. And that's what, you know, like you said, getting the reps in to work out those kinks and get comfortable with each other. And then learning from a great defensive line like they're facing every single day in practice. We always hear the saying, iron sharpens iron. Well, there's a lot of iron lining up across the Washington Commanders offensive line right now. Uh, and if they can all stay healthy and stay together, they're certainly going to learn some lessons uh, together as well. And I think that's the key is consistency. You know, again, if you're rotating line members, obviously you're not all getting the same reps. I think that kind of uh, deteriorates the progress a little bit. So the healthier they can stay, the more consistent they can stay as a unit, the first five, I think the better that they're going to get. And then facing a defensive line like this one, the joint practice that they're going to go up against the Baltimore Ravens in, the first preseason game against the Cleveland Browns, like this offensive line, this Washington Bears offensive line is going to go through a lot of uh, crucible type experiences with opposing defensive lines before they ever get to the regular season, which I think is a really great thing. So as you're going through camp, as we're going through the preseason, you know, look, if you see the Cleveland Browns defensive line, get some pressure, get a lot of uh, penetration, obviously, as long as everybody stays healthy. You almost look at it as a positive as long as the mindset stays in the right place. And that's something that obviously we'll be checking out uh, as we get through it. And then, of course, the pads make a difference, right? The intensity picks up. The offensive line can do a few different things, but the, the defensive line can also do a few different things uh, as well. So we're looking forward to that. EB bringing the energy every day. That's not something we haven't heard before. Uh, so Nick Gates kind of confirming that. And then again, Sam Howell in the early process of getting uh, to know his team and getting to know this offense and running uh, the show, his, his center certainly feeling good about what they're doing right now speaking of sam howell our daily howl watch is coming up next with a down day compared to the first day that's next on today's episode of locked on commanders time for Howell watch here on the locked on commanders podcast wrap up this day two post-practice episode uh at training camp and after completing 62 percent of his passes during 11 on 11s and day one howell followed up on day two 
with 44%, a drop, obviously, in the percentage. And uh, that drop of accuracy can immediately be connected to the rise in pressure from the defensive line on Howell's uh, and on how as Howell's offensive line continues to work hard uh, to become a united front, like we just heard from Nick Gates, and, and they're continuing to try to work on that. Now, if you're looking for a silver lining, it would come down in the form of zero interceptions for the second straight day. So we're two days in, no interceptions from Sam Howell. And honestly, there's a throw that he made that was an incompletion, but it was a pretty impressive throw for an incompletion off the back foot in the face of pressure, just barely missed the outstretched hands of Washington tight end Logan Thomas. And that's about as good as you can make an incomplete pass. Look, it was not in jeopardy. There were no defenders uh, in the area to try to make an interception on that thing. Uh, and if Thomas had just a step or two more, it would have gone down as a very impressive, explosive connection while standing in the pocket uh, under pressure. And, and again, just kind of signals the potential living in the commander quarterback's arm. Uh, overall, the defense definitely won the day uh, against first team offense. And look, if you're facing a top 13, potentially top 10 defense with a first year starting quarterback, I think that's what you're going to expect most days uh, in the red zone. Seven on sevens. Sam Howell in the first team offense did not get in the end zone in the first 11 on 11. Howell went one for four with a completion to start the drill to tight end Logan Thomas on a hitch route. But then on the second play, he was flushed by sweat, leading to an incompletion on back-to-back -back throws, literally flushed back-to-back -back plays by Montez Sweat, incompletions from both of those plays. Uh, the second one may have been a practice sack for Young. I kind of mentioned Young uh, stepped up and kind of picked up uh, the quarterback as he was flushed out. So could go down as a quarterback or as a sack if you wanted to uh, as well. Then on the final pass of the set, Howell didn't face pressure but overthrew running back Jonathan Williams. And I think that shows the value of cumulative pressure. It certainly looked like Sam Howell's internal clock and mechanics were a little rushed on that play. And I think that comes from uh, the pressure. But, you know, the good thing there is your quarterback is not saying, well, this is practice, so I'm not going to respond to the pressure. He's responding to the pressure. He's trying to beat the pressure. He's trying to get the ball out on time. And I think that's very important to the development of the offense. After a false start on the offensive line on the very next play, uh, assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Asked his first team to kindly leave the field. Let's put it that way. Uh, the second set of 11 on 11 plays went a little bit better with Howell completing three of five attempts, but the first one was incomplete. It was a slant route uh, to Terry McLaurin, broken up by Kendall Fuller. Kendall was in his pocket. It was, it was a great defensive play. Uh, after that, a swing pass to Brian Robinson Jr. was completed, but stopped pretty quick by linebacker Kalik Hudson, uh, who is getting some first team work right now with Jamin Davis still on the mend. Uh, pass three. Howell faced immediate pressure on a blitz call. Uh, it was a very good blitz call, and that was the uh, off-balance throw that we just talked about a moment ago. So that was his reaction to getting blitzed right up the gut. Uh, the fourth pass was completed with a clean pocket, and the final pass was completed to Terry McLaurin, who worked a double-move pass rookie cornerback Emmanuel Forbes to get deep and bring down the ball on the defensive side of the field. And I think that is incredibly important, that strong finish, two completions, including a deep ball to Terry McLaurin after showing the signs of the pressure kind of building against him, I think really shows, again, that maturity and that ability to autocorrect that Eric Bieniemy praised earlier. You have a quarterback that in his first set of 11 on 11s, you could see the pressure getting to him, and you could see even on a clean pocket play that the ball got out too fast, it got out too quickly, uh, and, it, and, it, and it kind of got away from him. But then he comes back on the next set of 11 on 11s, and not only does he still face pressure, I mean, he faced an all-out blitz on one play, but he's actually the very next snap, very cool, calm, collected, taking each play for what it is, and then connecting with his playmakers. And that's the kind of development development you want to see out of your young quarterback. So I think, as weird as it sounds, a 44% completion day actually ends on a good note and with some uh, with some growth 
from your quarterback. And we'll see how that bleeds into day three, of course. And I'll be there uh, to chart all those passes, of course, uh, and then come back to you with another Howell watch at the end of tomorrow's episode, Friday's episode here on Locked On Commander. So make sure you're coming back tomorrow for that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them in the YouTube comments, Twitter, uh, email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them directly via subtext. In fact, if you've got one of these camp battles or storylines that you want to make, you want me to make the primary one, go ahead and throw your recommendations in any of those formats. If you got a player that you want to hear from, go ahead and let me know uh, as well. And as always, I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day and every dayers. Thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. One more time, if you're on YouTube, hit like on that video before you bounce. And if you want to continue this conversation, just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders, and you can text me for the first two weeks for free. And then let me know if you like it or you don't like it uh, before anything else happens. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. And if you want to know more about your Washington Commanders, make sure you're also following me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Oh, 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 oh.